SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this August 10th as we are back live and in living color, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, back from vacation, 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to send a tweet, it is at Opposite Picks. You want to email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com, hit the Contact Scott icon, and then uh, you can follow us on YouTube as we've uh, been in a little bit of a chat here with a bunch, uh, bunch of the uh, LL's loyal listeners uh, slash LW's loyal watchers that we have here on our Bagels and Bad Beach program. Yeah, a lot to get to this last hour, including the NBA and NHL playoffs. NHL playoffs are set. We had our elimination game last night with Columbus and Toronto. Columbus wins it 3 nothing, which in some ways I'm happy. In other ways, I'm not because John Tortorella, he's a jackass. He, he really is a jerk. You know, in the worlds of Bill Belichick's of the world, you know, he's not in that category per se because he'll give you a little bit more than what Belichick will on a consistent basis. But when Tortorella wants to be Bill Belichick, John Tortorella, head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets, is worse than Belichick. He was a jerk the other day, and I was actually rooting for Toronto to win last night, which probably put the black cloud on them. We'll talk about all that next. More baseball coming up. Big with bad beats. With yours truly, Scott. <laughs> uh, yes, we, I, I'm screwing up on a clock. Sorry, Chris. Uh, uh, but yes, you know what? He he was, uh, we got one more minute before the break. Um, my clock is off today. Bad. Very, very bad. Um, and so is my brain. But yeah, you know, after the loss the other day, when he lost three, he, Columbus, blew a three nothing lead with less than four minutes left. You know, that that was just disaster. I get that. But you know what? You're the head coach and that comes with the territory. And his post game, I don't know if you saw a press conference afterwards. He was just a jerk, just an absolute jerk. You know, I don't know. Anybody could be happy after a win. And, you know, anybody, it doesn't take a lot of courage and conviction and class to be happy after wins, you know, but it does take a lot after a loss. And you show your true colors in those circumstances. And he did. And he's been a jerk for a long time. And that's why I root against Columbus. I really do. We'll talk about that more coming up. Maybe with that being SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. You know, it looks like I can, looks like I can feel him releasing the ball in a fashion now we've look out folks this is not a good idea this is not a good idea Mariano sprinted toward the dugout and this is not good folks 
This is exactly what Major League Baseball said you absolutely yeah. cannot do. with the call bagels and bad beats on a monday morning yeah that's exactly what baseball did not want eh, you know what i don't know i i really think uh, major league baseball is starting to embrace this a little bit more than what they probably anticipated they wanted uh i don't doubt for a second at the beginning of this all that they said no we don't want to go back to that astros thing we moved on we get the virus we got this postseason we got eight playoff teams and listen it is goofy which i'll explain here in a second giving you proof but, you know, I think things have changed. I think the coronavirus obviously has not gotten away. It continues to grab all the headlines, you know, with St. Louis not having played a game in two weeks. Uh, like six games, I think, whatever, six or seven games so far all year, or even five, two and three, whatever they are. Um, you know, Miami was shut down for a week plus. You have some decent little storylines, but the overall theme is will this season really come to a conclusion uh, because of the coronavirus or because they're going to be able to play out the season? So I don't think Major League Baseball minds this. I really don't. It's going to take it, you know, take our minds off the virus for just a little bit, not not long, but just a little bit. No punches were thrown. You know, maybe this will happen again. You know, we said it was likely to happen somewhere along the line. Scott Wetzel sitting in, taking it right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time, as we always do. So I, I don't think baseball is that afraid of this. I, I really don't. Um, I don't think they necessarily would have chosen it, but it's not like it would have been, you know, two weeks ago when the season started and baseball thought, let's just, you know, forget about that stuff. Let's move on. Nowadays, is if it's a diversion from the coronavirus, then I think Major League Baseball is fine with it. And again, it seems weird that the Astros would be the ones throwing at the A's and not the other way around. But I told you that, you know, Houston was going to have to grab its balls here, in essence, and do something and show the baseball world. We're not going to stand by and get hit every single series. Not going to happen. Sooner or later, they were going to have to draw the line in the sand. Sooner or later, they were going to have to say enough is enough and we aren't going to take it anymore. And for whatever reason, it happened this series. You know, on Friday, they had a plane flying overhead. I don't think the A's were part of this, but they had a plane flying overhead saying the Houston Asterix, um, which is now like a popular little slogan. Guys are doing up T-shirts, the Houston Asterix versus the Houston Astros. Kind of cute, actually. <laughs> but, um, you know, they're still getting thrown in their faces. And I think, uh, you know, the Astros just said enough is enough. And I don't know if this is going to stop it or not. Again, they play, you know, a couple more times later this year. Mike Fires, who's on Oakland, did not pitch this weekend. I think maybe that'll be the next little stepping stone. Get Fires to face the Astros. Let's see if he throws at Houston players or will the Astro players throw even more so at the Oakland players. So that'll be the next little drama. And again, because of all that's happened, I think Major League Baseball is fine with it. What a little news that we uh, didn't get to uh, first out. Mike Tyson, the fight that he had proposed for uh, Roy Jones Jr. It's still on, but it was postponed until November now. So not because of the virus, which I find interesting. Uh, it's, it's supposed to, it was supposed to take place in September. Now they're moving it to number 28th, according to The Athletic. But the two sides, according to the story, uh, still have issues to work out, such as headgear and drug testing. Now, you want to tell me they want to postpone it a couple of months because with the virus, they want to make sure everything's safe. I understand it. But 
postponing it until Thanksgiving time, when theoretically that's a big weekend for college football. Uh, it's a big weekend for the NFL um, to sort out drug testing issues. I mean, one guy is 54. The other guy is 50 plus in Jones Jr. as well. Uh, neither guy has fought in, in, in a decade, basically. You know, um, I, I wouldn't think in an exhibition match, oh, by the way, that drug testing and headgear, especially drug testing, would be that big a deal. I mean, it's an exhibition match. But I will tell you, it is going to be on pay-per-view. They are going to charge you. And I am real curious. I am real, real curious to see how much they think they're going to get from the public. And I got to tell you, outside of the you know crash at the side of the road, let's pull over and watch factor, why would anybody but anybody pay to see 50-plus Mike Tyson, who hasn't fought in 10-plus years, and Roy 50-plus Roy Jones Jr., who hasn't fought literally in a couple of years? Why would anybody pay to see these guys get into a boxing ring in an eight-round exhibition match? You got to be nuts. I mean, you really... You know, and they're not going to charge $24. I guarantee it's going to be at least 50 bucks. And and I'm sure there are going to be some boxing, you know, geeks out there that are going to plunk down no matter how much it is, throw those people out of the equation. I'm talking about average Joe Schmo. Just like when we talk about soccer and auto racing, throw the auto racing and, and soccer geeks out the window. Take mainstream USA. That's where they make their real money, you know, because neither sport, none of those sports have enough to live on just their geeks. They need mainstream to buy in. and. I would, you know, listen, nothing ever shocks me anymore in the world of sports. But if you think I'm plunking down 50 bucks to see Jones Jr. and Tyson, who last we saw 10 plus years ago, failed to get out of the sixth round against some stiff who had lost, you know, a dozen or so times, you got to be crazy. And, and now they can't figure things out because of drug testing? What are both these guys on drugs in their 50s? I mean, gosh, you know, you're not in your 20s and 30s. What, are you on steroids like me right now? I mean, is that what it's going to take for you guys to get into the boxing ring? That you got to be on drugs? Uh, that, that's dopey. They would have been better off just saying, you know, we, we're just going to, you know, forget this stuff. We, we got to make sure this coronavirus is. You know what? We, we threw this thing together. We're on process. We're on plans to do it. But we need a little more promotional time. And both guys need to get in a little bit better shape. You know, we need a couple of months to get this thing going, to tell the world that they have to work out issues like headgear or drug testing. Maybe that's a front for, you know what, we need to be able to figure out how much money each guy is getting. Maybe that's it, more than the other issues. But um, I think you're crazy to get into that stuff. I, I really do. No, thank you. 844-843-6879. Luis in uh, Louisiana wants to talk a little boxing, I do believe. Luis, welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Oh, in Augusta. I'm sorry, Luis, George. Luis Augusta. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. I read that wrong. My bad. Yeah. That's no problem. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm the guy that sent you that that tweet about DraftKings and the 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 uh, the big wigs selling out their stuff. But anyway, so. Oh, okay. Time I yeah, very good. Show, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Second time I call this the show. I don't call that often, but I've been listening to you for a while. Uh, funny story. I, I did. I live in El Paso. My wife's from uh, El Paso. She went to UTEP. So. Just oh, little, so did I. For just a, a little funny. Okay. Yeah, I went there for you. When, when did she go? Do you remember uh, the years? Well, she just got your, uh, She just got her master's two years ago. So okay, she's okay. been there for a while. Great little town. But uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah, the difference with the fight, it's they also moved it, Scott, because Canelo is supposed to fight that weekend. That's Mexican Independence oh. Weekend for 12 September. So yeah, this whole thing uh, plus. 
Yeah, $50 is way too much. I mean, you got to be a dope to pay 50 bucks for that fight. I bet that's what they're going to charge. I didn't realize Canelo was fighting. Yeah, that would be dumb to have uh, the, the same weekend. That would, I'm surprised they didn't realize that. But, yeah, I, I think yeah. that's what it's going to be, Luis. You know, uh, it's going to be $50, right? I mean, I can't remember the last time a pay-per-view event was under 50 So that's got to be the bare minimum. Um, that I would, if, if not more, if, if we find out it's like 79 bucks or, or God forbid, a hundred dollars, I don't think it would be that high, but I, I'm guessing 49 95, something like that. What would be your limit? What, what would you go? 30 bucks, 40 bucks, maybe 20. I would say 24 99, Scott. There's no way I'm That's paying what 50. I'm thinking. Yeah. Maybe, maybe for the accident on the side of the road for 25 bucks, um, that, that might be interesting to do and see. But I, I would be surprised if it was less than $50. I, I really would. Um, but good job, Louis. Pre- keep, keep in touch, bud. Uh, we're here again Monday right, through thanks, Friday. Scott. Thanks, Scott. And, uh, I'll keep listening to the podcast. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Appreciate that, Louis. Good buddy. One of our podcast members. So. 844-843-6879. Yeah, I mean, I can't remember the last time. I don't know if they have limitations on what you can charge. Uh, I don't think legally they do. Why would they? But I can't remember the last time they had a boxing match under $50. No, I didn't realize the Canelo match was that weekend. But they put it out way, way past that. It's got to be before that. 844 843 SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. And scores! Zach with a quick snapshot. It surprises Anderson. It's 1-0 Columbus. And as they get behind the net and get it up to Zach Wierenski, he flicks it through. It goes off of Boone Jenner. It looked like it might have went off his pants. But here's the pursuit of the puck. You can see Jenner. It gives Hyman a rough ride as he tries to turn that puck back. And as he tries to clear it, there it goes right to Zach Wierenski. His patent little wrist flick. Floater. Currently, Hall and Marincic. Riley and Cece. The other two defensemen. Still in this game. Shot by Foodie. Scores! Foodie comes off the wall. His goal gives the Blue Jackets a huge lead here. From the offensive zone, it's a dump in. Now, Foodie's got the... Columbus Blue Jackets radio network with the call as the Blue Jackets last night. In case you missed it, NHL fans, uh, they beat Toronto 3-0. Yes, that same 3-0 score that has been so prevalent uh, in this series. Whether winning 3-0 or blowing 3-0 leads uh, came into fruition again last night. This time, Columbus, thanks to uh, an empty netter there and a late uh, third period goal, they were clinging to a 1-0 lead about uh, midway through the first period. And uh, that held on until the final couple of minutes when they added a couple of late goals to make it 3 nothing. your final. Toronto out of the postseason again. Another failed year for Austin Matthews and John Tavares. You know, Toronto has all the big names, and yet they can't get into the postseason. Wow. And Columbus does. It's interesting. And I, as I told you, I'm not a fan of Columbus because of Tortorello, who's been basically a jerk his entire coaching career. So I would have liked to have seen them get knocked out. But that said... Um, you know, as it turned out, the NHL, unlike the NBA, which I'll get to here in a second. So 
but you would have thought it would have been the other way around. You know, generally speaking, over the years, the NBA gets what they want, and the NBA did not. But thank you, New Orleans Pelicans. They just absolutely dropped the ball on the NBA regular season, resume season, whatever the fudge they want to call it. NHL, on the other hand, now there are a couple little upsets that probably didn't go their way, and they're going to take some criticism, and rightfully so, because as it turned out, this goofy play-in series that they have cost the two number one teams a lot, at least standings-wise. Because Boston, which had basically clinched the number one seed in the East, they had about an eight-point lead with six games left, not insurmountable, but in complete control. Uh, they go 0-3 in this resumption series, uh, seeding series, again, whatever you want to call it. And they go from being you know, the obvious number one team in the East to the number four team. St. Louis, which had a pretty decent lead in the West, same thing. They went 0-2-1. So they went from being the number one team to the number four team as well. Just changing their plight to get to the Stanley Cup Finals completely. Now, it is the NHL. And you, know, you can make the case the number eight team is just as good as the number two team or the number one team, you get upsets all the time, and maybe it's not that big a deal. But just on the surface, when you find out the two top teams went winless in these postseasons, then it's kind of like, or resume series, and, and fall from the number one seed to the number four. <clears throat> doesn't seem fair. It, it just doesn't seem fair. But that said, things worked out pretty well. You got Philadelphia, <clears throat> which went from uh, number four to number one. Uh, they were set. They're going to make the postseason come heck or high water. But Montreal gets in. Now, they do knock off Pittsburgh and Sidney Crosby. But you know what? Montreal, by far, is the number one Canadian hockey town in the United States. Maybe Toronto will argue that it's the Maple Leafs in Canada. But <clears throat> as far as the United States is concerned, it's the Canadians. All right? Did they have all the history? Now, would they have liked to have had Sidney Crosby? Probably, but, you know, Montreal brings some cachet. So no problem with Flyers Montreal. Tampa Bay and Columbus. Uh, Columbus versus Toronto. Listen, they could say all they want about Toronto, but it's the United States, and then the United States pays the bills, or at least part of them. So they got to be happy that Columbus is in. And, oh, by the way, Columbus knocked off Tampa Bay last year in the first round and by a 4-0 sweep. So you got a nice little storyline there for the Lightning seeking revenge. They couldn't have asked for a better opponent as far as I'm concerned. Washington and the Islanders will meet in the first round. So what? Well, Barry Trotz, former longtime Capitals head coach, now with the Islanders, gets to face his former team. That brings some intrigue into that series. Bruins fall to number four. They'll take on Carolina in the 4-5 seeding matchup. So what? Well, Boston swept Carolina in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. That gives Carolina a little bit of an edge, a little bit of a selling point there. And that's why I don't think Boston really wanted to win yesterday. Because had they won, they would have faced the Islanders. Not that they're afraid of the Islanders, but, you know, having swept the team out of the postseason, having the success Boston's had against Carolina, eh, I think there's a reason why they only scored one goal yesterday. But at least that's a selling point from the NHL standpoint. Over in the West, <clears throat> Vegas gets to be the number one seed, not St. Louis. They'll take on Chicago. Now, Blackhawks end up beating Edmonton. No, again, I think they'd rather have an American team. Edmonton has the stars, but it, it is the Chicago Blackhawks. They've won three Stanley Cups within a 10-year span. They bring a little cachet. They score a lot, give up a lot. 
So they can live with that, um, especially knowing that a couple of other Canadian teams made it. I don't think they want to go too crazy on that many Canadian teams. So uh, the fact that Montreal beat Pittsburgh, I think they're happy that Chicago got in versus Edmonton. Uh, Colorado and Arizona, you know, Arizona upset Nashville. Probably would have preferred Nashville, but, you know, they can live with Arizona. No, no big deal. Uh, and then Calgary knocks off Winnipeg. Again, no big deal. I don't think it really mattered one way or the other with those two teams. <clears throat> and then St. Louis falls to the number four spot and takes on Vancouver. Um, so those matchups, you know, um, come heck or high water, you know, we'll bring a little little something. When Vancouver beat Minnesota, that might have been the one series where they probably preferred Minnesota to win. I don't think they, you know, given their druthers, they, I don't think they would have preferred Vancouver. The one thing I will say is you got a Western Conference team in Vancouver. You got a Western Conference team in Arizona. You got a Western Conference team in Vegas. Um, you know, you're going to get, <clears throat> you're going to get that in the West, obviously, but those are West, West teams, you know, not, not Midwest like Dallas and St. Louis. So, but overall, you got some storylines, you got some star players. And I, I think overall, the NHL has got to be pretty happy. You know, outside of maybe Pittsburgh not getting in with Crosby, but again, you know, you could sell Montreal and, and you could sell all those series because they all seemingly have hooks. Now, conversely, the NBA, which generally, you know, gets what it wants and it clearly, I mean, it clearly wanted uh, Zion Williamson and the New Orleans Pelicans to at worst get into the 8-9 matchup. And this is one of those, I gave you how you could beat the boys in Vegas, as we did, betting the unders in hockey and overs in NBA and going against the Red Sox and, and now uh, uh, Nationals. Well, I got to be honest, as I always am, I love the over four and a half win total for New Orleans in this uh, little resumption season for the NBA. I mean, I just loved it. They gave the Pelicans the easiest schedule by far. They only gave them two playoff teams, the first two games, Clippers and Utah Jazz. You had to figure they'd get a split out of those two. <clears throat> and then they were playing the dredges of the Western Conference that were vying for that final eight and nine seed, whether it was Sacramento twice or the Spurs or Portland. I mean, they just made it. They had Washington on the schedule. I mean, they've made it as easy as pie. And we sat there and we wondered, how is their total only four and a half? I mean, it made no sense. The NBA is telling the world they want the Pelicans with Zion Williamson to make the playoffs. And then they gave them the easiest schedule. And now Vegas is only going to post them as a four and a half win total. They're not going to go five and three with that easy schedule and having the NBA behind them. I mean, it made just absolutely no sense, right? I mean, none. I mean, it was one of my stronger plays that I've had in a long, long, long time. And what happens? <clears throat> they sit here with one win after six games. And they're officially eliminated from postseason contention. And I doubt very seriously if they're going to be playing Zion at all these final two games. And knowing those players, if they're not going to get up for games that win which count, there's no way in the world. I don't know what the lines will be for these last two games. I don't care who they play. I know it's two lousy teams, obviously. But what an absolute joke. I mean, the, the NBA went out of its way to give them an easy schedule to set up a system that if you were within four games of the number eight seed, you were going to have this eight-nine matchup. They didn't do that for the Portland Jailblazers. They didn't do that, certainly, for the Sacramento Queens. They didn't do that for the Memphis Grizzlies, even with John Morant. And they didn't do that for, for Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns, who were the hottest team in the bubble. 
They did that for Zion Williamson. And Zion and the Pelicans just absolutely dropped the ball. One win so far. Alvin, their lives on the line yesterday, and they fall behind 12-4 early on. They fall behind by as many as 20 before it's the NBA. They made a run, actually cut it to a one-possession game late, and then uh, the Spurs pulled away. And afterwards, Gentry said he has no explanation for why his team didn't come out uh, with intensity. Well, listen, coach, you're, you're the head coach. You're supposed to be responsible for that. You're supposed to figure out what the fudge is going on. I mean, you, you know, you've had enough time. You've had enough clunker games already to see that this team was not mentally there. I mean, they're, they're, I, they, they're the Edith Bunker of the NBA. You know, there's a great All in the Family episode where Edith is playing cards with Archie. And she's cheating, but not cheating to win. She's cheating to allow Archie to win. And, and there's a great line by, uh, by Archie who says, you're not even human. You don't even cheat to win. You cheat to lose. I mean, it's a great. And that's the New Orleans Pelicans. They don't even cheat to win. They cheat to lose. Sitting Zion Williamson the first two games as they did because they were limiting his minutes. The guy is freaking 19, 20 years old, and they're worrying about his minutes in the fourth quarter. What are you, nuts? What are you, crazy? I mean, they purposely seemingly wanted to lose these games. You can't do that. You can't give a message like that to your players. We don't necessarily care about winning because that permeates throughout the club. I mean, I don't doubt for a second those guys were pissed with those first two games they pissed away. I mean, just just a brutal, brutal job by the Pelicans. They had every opportunity in the world to get into the playoffs, and they dropped the ball. Awful basketball. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Hard to win when you're starting back. Arcus three of 19 as DeRozan connects again. Switch. Holiday off of DeRozan. So they show. Holiday goes under. And DeRozan walks into that. Defend without fouling and prevent dribble. Um, <clears throat> um, something is not acceptable. And, um, you know, that lack of spirit in the first half, uh, really dictates the second half and you know if we would have came out better maybe we would have had a different outcome so like I always say you just got to learn from that experience and just you know be better Work with the call there and then Zion Williamson afterwards. You know, here's my issue with Zion and the Pelicans. If, if he's going to have the balls, maybe brains, uh, or maybe lack thereof, who knows. But if he's going to have the balls to, to rip his team for not having the intensity like everyone else is doing, that's fine. But how about ripping the team for not playing in the fourth quarter of those first two games? When you had opportunities to win those games, when the season in essence was, was being you know, pissed away. You had to come out of those first two games with 
a one and one and one record. You just had to find a way to get a split between the Jazz and the Clippers, and they had a better chance of winning against the Jazz for sure. They to open up the uh, the the resumption season, if you will. They had the lead for three plus quarters, and they they couldn't hold on to a seven point lead late as Zion was sitting on the bench. Then it didn't play again, basically a whole heck of a lot against the Clippers. How about Zion speaking out? How about as a 20-year-old, if you want to be the face of the franchise, if you want to have the, the, the mantle of being the Pelicans man from here on out, how about saying, hey, listen, you know what, guys? I'm 20 freaking years old. I can play. You know, I'm not, I don't need to be limited to 14 minutes a game, 15 minutes. Maybe I can't play 25 or 30. Maybe I'm not uh, in shape to do that. Maybe I'm too fat. Maybe I'm not dedicated enough. Maybe I don't make enough money. You know, the Pelicans aren't paying me enough. Nike apparently isn't paying me enough to stay in freaking shape for two months. I don't have that kind of desire, but I will tell you, I can get my fat ass out there and try and win a basketball game in the final five minutes of a close game. How about ripping the team then instead of afterwards ripping the teammates? Have some ball. If you're going to have some balls, I'm a big believer. If you're going to do something, do it right, Zion. The time to rip the club is not after a one and five start. The time to rip the club is when you go 0 and 1 because you lose to the Jazz because you're sitting on the bench and you want to prevent going 1 and 5. You don't do it after the fact. You say, "Hey guys, I'm ready to play. Don't don't tell me I'm not healthy enough. Don't tell me I'm not in shape enough. If I can only play 15, 20 minutes, then reserve those 15 minutes, 20 minutes for a good portion of the fourth quarter so I can be there in the end." Tell Alvin Gentry and the Pelicans organization how to play winning basketball. Do it then. Don't do it now because these guys are clearly bozos. I'm telling you, they did the same thing last year when they tried to get the number one overall pick and when they were sitting Anthony Davis to make sure that they didn't get into the postseason. They purposely tried to lose then, and it seems like for whatever reason, they're purposely trying to lose these games. Amazing. Amazing. And then you get Dopey Lonzo Ball who was just god-awful in this bubble performance season, if you will. Again, regular season, not bad for Lonzo. But he was 2 of 10 yesterday. He couldn't hit the broad side of the barn this postseason, averaging less than six points a game. Bleacher Report sent out his numbers, which are awful. 19% from three-point land, 26% overall from the field. And then you get Dopey Ball sending out the, a retweet, adding, make sure y'all, nice English, Post my blank next year, too. Uh, okay, Lonzo. Again, now you've only been in the league a couple of years. You've already been traded once. Uh, maybe you haven't been around basketball to understand that the NBA is not about the regular season. Right? The two things the NBA is not. The NBA is not about the first three quarters of a game, and it's not about the regular season. It's about the fourth quarter, and it's about the postseason. Anybody can score first three quarters of a regular season game. It's what you do come crunch time, whether it's the fourth quarter or even more magnified in the postseason. So I don't give a rat's behind. That is a step maybe Ball thinks he took this year, that he pulled up some halfway decent numbers. But that Pelicans team has got some talent on it. There is way too much talent on that team, even in the Western Conference, not to be playing in the postseason. And then when the NBA, again, hands you a gift schedule like it did, it hands you a gift opportunity like it did. And for the Pelicans to drop the ball and be officially eliminated with two games left, no less. And then you're going to send out a retweet saying, you'll post my blank numbers next year, too. Like, what, next year something's going to happen? Great. Joke. Absolute joke. 
And listen, now Memphis is going to be in the 8-9 game. If there is an 8-9 game, uh, they officially clinched. Well, I shouldn't say if, there will be. They With their loss yesterday to Toronto, they officially clinched there will be a play-in series. So they're 1-5 as well. You know, the two teams that the NBA wants to elevate, John Morant because of Memphis, Zion because of New Orleans, both opened up one and five. New Orleans is out, and Memphis is holding on by its skin of its uh, teeth. Um, not the way they wanted it. Do they want Phoenix in there with Devin Booker? I don't think so. You know, as great as Devin Booker is, he's not captivating basketball. John Morant, rookie of the year, is a little bit. Could they live with Portland with the, you know, Damian Lillard and, and the other guys, CJ McCullough? Yeah, they, they could probably live with that, you know, uh, maybe. But I think they would rather have Memphis, to tell you the truth. I think they'd rather have an Eastern Conference team one, and I think they want to be able to sell their stars in the future. They want to be able to go into next year looking for something to sell with the coronavirus, knowing this year has been a disaster. So if it is going to be LeBron and AD, and I don't doubt that for a second, winning the NBA championship, they want to start the reserves. They don't want to sell C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard. They want to sell John Morant and Zion Williamson. And both teams are, are limping for sure to the finish line with uh, Morant and company, you know, being in the 8-9 game and Zion being officially out. What a joke. Uh, and, and I would be shocked. You know, who knows? But I would be shocked if Alvin Gentry is head coach of uh, the Pelicans next year. I, I don't see it. Sacramento, not that it matters, officially eliminated with their loss yesterday. Nets win again. I mean, they're playing with a team. I got to tell you, I got to hand it to the Nets. Um Jack Vaughn has done a great job. I don't know if he'll get that job on a full-time basis because we've seen interim head coaches have impacts like this before. Hopefully he does. On the surface, it seems like he deserves it. But he is playing with, you know, his four or five best players, if you want to go down to Durant and, and, and uh, Kyrie Irving. And, you know, they've beaten the Clippers. They've beaten the Lakers. I mean, they're, they're beating a bunch of teams that they're not supposed to beat the Milwaukee Bucks as, as a, almost a 20-point underdog. I don't know how they're doing it. But they are winning. Um, and uh, the Clippers did lose again yesterday. They didn't play Paul George. And just another example of how th these games are just absolutely meaningless. I give out some free picks to my guys, my, my uh, uh, podcast members, and I put the NBA games as the lowest. I, I, ran, I rank WNBA games, in which we gave out another winner yesterday, uh, higher than these NBA games. You just don't know who's playing, and you don't know – you know, if they are if they are playing, do they have the motivation to play? That's why I say just play the overs and the unders in these games, NHL unders, NBA overs, and you're coming out ahead. So, back to the phones we go. Eight four four eight four three sixty eight seventy nine. A good buddy Andy in San Antonio joins us on this Monday, August tenth morning. What's up, Andy? Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats. My man, Scotty, how you doing, my friend? You have a good week. Well, I would ask you if you had a good week off, but from the from the talking to you on the text and all this stuff and don't sound like it <laughs> no no we've been down yeah we explained that a lot in the first quarter i'm still dealing with poison ivy uh i've lost a family uh no longer talking to my siblings or at least my brother anyway uh i had no electricity for four uh -oh. days you know hundreds of dollars worth of food i'll give you a quick little story here Andy. right so i have a refrigerator uh which has obviously a yes, freezer sir. you know I got a, uh, I got a, another, uh, not walking freezer, but I got a big freezer, you know, a big freezer right. on top of the refrigerator freezer. And I got cooler and it's all filled with food, right? I got a lot of meats in there and everything else. You lose electricity. So I go out Tuesday, I get four big bags of ice. You know, I put it all in each one to kind of keep things nice and cool. So uh, it's still Absolutely. in there Wednesday. Yeah. Wife, uh, wife goes out Thursday to go get some more ice. She comes back home with a small bag. 
I'm like, where's the rest of the ice in the car? She's like, no, th this is it. I'm like, Rach, we, we have a freezer. We have a refrigerator. We got a refrigerator with a freezer. We got cooler. You're bringing back one five-pound bag of ice? I mean, what, what are you, what, what's the point? All the food goes bad. It, it just, it was disaster. It, just absolute disaster. But what are you going to do? Oh, man, I tell you, yeah, I tell you what, that's, that sounds like, yeah, screw that. <laughs> I said, I don't envy you this past week. I don't envy you, my friend. Man, what the hell is – tell you what, baseball is doing exactly what we thought baseball was going to do. I mean, if, if they make it another two weeks, I would be surprised. The, the NBA is a joke. You know, like you said, you know, you, you hit the nail on the coffin. Adam Silver went up ahead of beyond with trying to get Memphis, trying to get New Orleans in there. And then what do they do? Freaking Zion and the Pelicans are going flat in the front like I expected. You know, I sat there and I, you know, I guarantee you, I'm right there with you. What they don't want, and they're doing everything they can. I guarantee you, they would love to get Portland in there right now, knowing they've got screwed with Zion. They do not want Phoenix, and they do not want my Spurs. They will be pissed yeah. off if they end up getting the Phoenix or the Spurs. At least Devin Booker is, I guess you can sit there, they, people started, he's, he's kind of a sexy name. Spurs? What, what, what are they going to sell? My my guy uh, Derek Smith with is playing fantastic, even though he hurt his knee yesterday. What are they going to do? Play Dejounte Murray? Are they trying to sit there and you know sell Dejounte Murray or Keldon Johnson? Hell no. Yeah. You know they, they will be. And I I don't really want them guys to get in the playoffs. I mean, they're playing the kids. That's all I want for. But what I didn't want is what happened. Derek White getting hurt, and he you know the guy that could potentially be our next decent star and getting hurt yesterday. It's his knee. Hopefully, it ain't too bad. Who knows? But that's what I didn't want in these sorry ass eight games that they should have never done. But yeah, Scotty, they I know you. Copied. I know you're probably getting close to the top of it. Be careful. Have a good one, buddy. Right, man. I appreciate it, Andy. We'll talk to you later in the podcast. Hopefully, uh, yeah. They, they uh, at this point, it probably would be Portland just because of the vets. You're right. They don't want the you know San Antonio. Really, yeah. I mean, you would never say that about a Greg Popovich team. Generally speaking, with, with Ginobili and Parker. And, you know, Duncan and over the years, but, uh, you know, those guys haven't been there in a couple of seasons and they have a bunch of name players that, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge, but no one's going out of their way to watch the San Antonio Spurs and, and LaMarcus Aldridge. They're, they're just not. So, yeah, I, I guess Portland probably would be the team to, to certainly get into the 8-9 matchup and then they could live with either Portland or, or Memphis. Um, and, and probably, you know, thinking about maybe, you know, yeah, I, I just still think they would rather have Memphis with John Morant's um, I know there's been some conspiracy theories out there with the Clippers trying to lay down uh, and allow the Portland Jailblazers to be the 8-9 uh, team. This way they could beat Memphis and, and face the Lakers in the first round. Uh, they, they think they would give them a bit of a tussle. And I'm sure if you're a Laker player, that, that would be the one team, given my druthers, that I'd rather not face is, is uh, you know, uh, Portland because you know what they're capable of doing. I think they were in the Western Conference Finals last year. Those two guys in the backcourt and Lewis getting fifty plus yesterday. They're put. They're capable of putting a scare into any team. So they would be the one team that they don't want. So the Clippers were supposed to lay down and die. They they reserved. Uh, they they sat their starters against Portland uh, with a you know a five point uh, lead or so and uh, or deficit actually and and they came back and they won the game with the reserves the other day. So. <laughs> And then there was talk about why they sat those guys to close out the game. Well, they were on a restrictions minute. And as it turned out, you know what? The reserves came in. As I've told you, they were capable of doing, and they won the game. So it, all the conspiracy theories had to eat a little bit of crow on that one uh, because then they actually hurt themselves. 
right, uh, eight four four. We're finishing up on it. Quick two hours for sure on Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning. Take a break, come back, and wrap up shop next. Right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. Send a tweet at Optimism Mix. Email me. Go to the website, Optimism.com. Hit the contacts, Canacon. Fire away. Monday, perfect. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Boy, the way Glenn Miller played. Songs that made the hit parade. Guys like us, we had it made. Those were the days. Uh, the greatest sitcom of all time. Absolutely bar none. Better than MASH, better than any of the other. All good shows, but nothing, nothing. Makes a half-hour flyby like an episode of All in the Family. All right, some stories we didn't have time to delve into too much, but we will maybe a little bit more tomorrow on a couple of these. First up, Major League Baseball. You know, with this dopey 16-team playoff, eight in each league, six and nine Red Sox and Astros are one game out of a final playoff spot in the American League. Seven and nine Mets and Reds are actually tied for the final spot, and the seven and ten San Francisco Giants are just a half a game back. What a joke. Some good surprises. Marlins, 7-3. and three. You know, it took 23 games last year for the Marlins to get their seventh win. This year, they were 7-1. and one. Uh, Tigers, 8-5. and five. How about that? Now, they did go 8-4 and four last year and finished 25-80. God, think about how bad that is. How about Colorado, 11-4? You know what? Uh, this team made the playoffs two years ago, but they busted up that team. Very few faces remain. Nice job by the Rocks so far. Bad surprises, four and seven Nationals. I told you about David Martinez, uh, you know, losing bad teams as well. Baltimore, Mets, Toronto on their schedule. And they played all home games. They've yet to play a road game in 11 games because of the way it's set up. And I'm disappointed in the Phillies at four and six. Uh, basketball Hall of Famer Paul Westfall has been diagnosed with brain cancer. That, according to his good buddy and sports columnist, uh, colleague of mine, Mike Lupica, uh, Mavs, Luka Doncic, and Kristaps Porzingis will both be held out of tonight's game against the Jazz. Both uh, injury recovery cited for both. They're playing back-to-back games. God forbid an NBA player should play in a back-to-back game. Uh, Indians sent pitcher Zach Plesak home Sunday because he broke MLB's coronavirus health and safety protocols partying. And the top-rated player in Louisville basketball's recruiting class for this year decommitted Bryce Hopkins, number one overall, according to many services saying he's not sure what's going to happen with Louisville with some sanctions pending, so he's opting out. Great job by the phone calls, emailers, and tweeters. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here on Bagels and Bad Meats. with your truly Scott Wetzel on this Monday, August 10th. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.